Hi, I'm Des. And I'm Margo. And this is Variant Cover, the comic book pop culture podcast. That we are now beginning with episode one. The Halloween episode! (laughs) So we have selected a number of comics to review, um, whether they're issues, webcomics, trades... We kind of intend to go the full gamut on yeah. this. Um, do we want to give any kind of backstory to us and our interest in comics? Um, yeah, that would probably be a good idea. Yeah. So, why comics? Uh, comics? Because I like them and they have pretty colors. Wow, that's a intellectual response right there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of reasons why comics. I think they're great as a medium in and of itself. They're supplementary to a lot of things that I like anyway. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a medium that gets typecast a lot as a dude thing. Yeah. And hey... Guess what? Neither of us are dudes. We're ladies. Woohoo! <laughs> I think one of the things I've always had problems with is finding out that things are supposedly dude things to mm-hmm. do or like because both of my parents are complete geeks. Yeah. Or nerds or mm-hmm. whichever term you prefer. And so I grew up not really having like a gendered concept that like only dudes like sci-fi mm-hmm. or only dudes are into nerd stuff or comics or yeah Star Wars or Star Trek or anything really because both of my parents were so it wasn't <laughs> really like I understood why it would not include women yeah. at all. And my dad died really young, and so my mom was a tomboy, and so it was me and her, and so I never really had that limited view of, this thing shouldn't be open to me, because she was always breaking the trend anyway. Yeah. So, anyway, I got into manga young, and that was kind of my entry point into every other form of media that I yeah. nerd over today. Yeah. So the transition into more American type uh, graphic novel sort of comics was not a huge leap once I started making my own money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like, so for me, uh, in terms of like starting off, I, I feel like it was probably also manga when mm-hmm. I was about like four or five, my family moved from the United States to Singapore. Mm -hmm. And so we had much more access to things from Japan. Um, And Sailor Moon was like airing at the time. And so, (laughs) no, it was, it was great. Right. But here's the problem with watching Sailor Moon in Singapore when you only speak English (laughs) is that it's airing in Japanese with Chinese dubs. Oh, wow. Or like subtitles, I think. It was like Chinese subtitles and in Japanese. And you're just like, I I don't understand either of these languages, but I love this like meatball head girl with superpowers. See, for me, that was Sailor Moon was actually the first manga that I ever read back in the, was it Mix Comics or Tokyo? Was it Mix or Tokyo Pop? I think it's Mix. You have a copy over there. We have it. We have like a copy ones. on the bookshelf. No, in the magazines. Oh, oh, right. 
I'm yeah. not going to get up and go get that. No, don't go get it. But, um, <laughs> but whatever the first versions were. Um, you had those. I had them. And I think I just lost all my nerd cred in like the first, you know. Why? Like, I don't know. Because I don't remember the publisher. Oh. Just kidding. Neither of us are nerds. And in the background, you might be able to hear our cats. Our cats with their collars. Yeah, because so. we're roommates. So they're technically my cats, but I yeah. inflict them upon Marco anyways. That's okay. I get kitty snuggles. Yeah. Anyway, all that to say... Um, we- uh, I, I was watching Sailor Moon in languages I did not understand. Uh, and so I think I I kind of got into manga and superhero comics. Um, I remember buying Scooby-Doo comics when I was really little. Yeah. And being obsessed with Daphne mm-hmm. um, to the point where when I was... About that same age, my parents had like a um, Dungeons and Dragons like game going on, and they mm-hmm. allowed their five year old, which was me, to roll up a character. And I was basically, I was almost like an NPC in that I really couldn't do anything, but I was an extra fighter on the team. There and they would know. let me roll dice mm-hmm. and like count, which is actually probably a good way to like get kids to learn that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so they let me play with them. And I named my fighter Daphne because I was, like, I adore Daphne from Scooby-Doo. Yeah, I thought she was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, and super pretty. And super pretty. Red hair. Yeah. It's the red hair. Listen, it's going to be a thing for me where I'm going to be like, I love Daphne, I love Cheryl Blossom, I love, and it's... Willow. Willow. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I liked Willow, but I wasn't, like, obsessed with Willow. Yeah, no. I hear you. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we've kind of always been into comics, I guess. Yeah. And We're just nerds. Yeah. And so now just kind of the evolution of, hey, we like this enough that we want to talk about it. And we want to hear someone that's just not like, I I went looking for comics podcasts and not to like bash on other people. It's just, it's usually like three dudes and the Smurfette and it kind of <laughs> feels sad inside to be like, hi, Smurfette. Like, I love you, but... You're probably my favorite. You're my favorite, and you don't get to talk enough, or or something yeah. like that. And it's yeah. just like I just don't want to listen to like five guys talk about comics all day no. long. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Yeah, and so anyway, I think like the nice thing about this is I I don't think either of us feel particularly like we're experts, but also you don't have to be an expert to enjoy a thing. So we are probably going to use this podcast as a vehicle to also familiarize ourselves with comics writ large because we have our own favorite things that we read all the time and our own specific genre likes uh but this will kind of encourage us to branch out a little bit as well and hopefully people will want to be along for the ride for that yeah i feel (laughs) like that's another thing is a lot of people get super intimidated especially with i feel like it's almost easier once you get past like quote unquote reading a book backwards, it's almost mm-hmm. easier to get in a manga because you have volume one, volume two, volume three, and it it's usually pretty linear. Yeah. And it and makes sense. Fewer crossover Fewer tie-ins. crossovers, fewer tie ins, fewer reboots yeah. or you know, complete universe destruction, reconstructions, yeah. eras to keep yeah. track of. Whereas comics is very much kind of American the same. comics, it's, yeah. The, the serial, serialized thing, or the same thing you see in TV, where everything's kind of, well, it's going to keep going for as long as we can make money off of it. Yeah. Uh, and if it's not working out, we're going to drop it. And there was no actual, like, long term plan. There's It's maybe planned arc by arc. I feel like 
if I was if I was going to compare at least the American comics industry style to something that people would also be familiar with, mm-hmm. this is going to be really nerdy. Okay, um, I would say probably more like Doctor Who in terms of like okay, like Superman, right? Like. Yeah. God only knows how many eras of Superman there are and how many iterations of Superman. And there's like 5 million different Earth version alternate universes right. for Superman who existed. Mm-hmm. But he's still Superman. Yes. Right? I, I feel like I have honestly not watched that much Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched a couple seasons of different Doctors. I've watched a couple GIF sets <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> anyway, um, and and the the general theme seems to be that like even when the doctor dies he gets reincarnated and he might have a new face or Mm -hmm. like a different personality but it's still quote-unquote the doctor yeah so that's kind of like how i think it is for comics except doctor who gives it to you like when you get a new doctor that's it like you've got the new doctor yeah and you're gonna go forwards with that guy for a while or girl hopefully someday (laughs) Did they maybe cast one finally? I'm not sure. I feel um, like there was some news, but there again, was some news, but I don't pay that much attention. Not not my uh, rodeo. So yeah. Um, but basically, they they eventually. I mean, you get you get fed the 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 change or the transition mm-hmm. pretty easily. Whereas I think if you don't understand how transitions work in American comics, yeah, that's kind of awful. And then sometimes <laughs> they're really shitty about actually transitioning people well right. into comics they can or explaining them. Reboots, they like, can do what? cold reboots. They can do half reboots. They can do alternate universes or side events or. And if you're coming in brand new and you you're just no handed fucking this art, like, oh, this is issue one, and you're like, wait, what are all these things that it's referencing? I don't understand understand and, and it's the most frustrating thing <laughs> because all of a sudden if you if you're a completionist and i'm a completionist by nature i want to go back and you know dig through and find you know where did this all start and there and, is no bottom to this hole <laughs> which is so frustrating and you can't just like go okay i'm going to read the last like several decades worth of comics in order to keep up with where Superman is today. (laughs) So it's kind of just, I I know for some stuff, like even one of the things that we're going to talk about today is just kind of picking up uh, with the new arc and a continuous thing and which is, Oh uh, yeah. 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 Um, And just being able to pick up and say, all right, well, I don't know how we got here, but road trip. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So that was, that was, Something I've learned in, at least with American comics, I briefly worked for a comic book shop, um, which was fun because I got to borrow a lot of things and Mm -hmm. take them home and read them and read them before other people did sometimes, which was great. Yeah. Uh, Not so fun in that I left or got fired. One of the two, (laughs) we're not really sure. I had to ask the person doing the firing. Did did you feel fired? Did I feel fired? Um, A little bit. That was actually a a conversation that we had had. It was was like, are you firing me or are you just asking me like something else? Like, what are you having this conversation? It was bad. It was was a disaster. Anyway, that's a story that all we can, uh, when we've gotten to level 2000 with my yeah. backstory we'll get back into that yeah um but anyway i i briefly worked for a comic book shop and it was a the comics aspect is a lot of fun yeah i think that's impossible not to be fun uh-huh. for people 
Um, and one of the things that I had to learn to do, not only for myself, but like the customers mm-hmm. was how to help people get started in places yes. or how to like explain what they might be interested in or even more complicated, explain what someone I'd never met before that they knew like one or two things about might be interested in. Like, hey, can you please recommend something for my niece who's <laughs> 12 and loves karate? You know, like you just be like, um, how about slam? Roller derby is also violent, right? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, but stuff like that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I feel like we're we're definitely going to end up covering the big two. Yes. Because um, I feel like the big two, which is DC Comics, which is a twice over. Does that make like what? Mm-hmm. What do you call it when you're like repetitive? Because DC means Detective Comics, but everyone right. always says DC Comics. It's like Detective Comics. Comics yeah. doesn't make any sense. It's just what it is now. <laughs> and then um, Marvel. Yes. Um. But I'll be honest, I, I like a lot of image stuff. I love a lot of indie things that are my favorite. Those are tiny. Right. Of my I, I, that's, that's, I mean, I feel like it's impossible for us to avoid talking about the big two completely. Absolutely. Especially in a comics podcast. Yes. But at the same time, I feel like as we go on, we're, we're definitely going to be covering a lot of stuff that isn't the big two. We're going to be covering indie stuff. We're going to try to hopefully eventually cover web comics, mm-hmm. stuff from the app like Tapas. Is what it's oh, called. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It looks really cool. I have like a million things bookmarked. I just haven't gotten to it yet. You haven't shared that one with me. I, this I, is the yeah. first I'm hearing about this. This is the first you're hearing about <laughs> it, but it's it's going to be good. It's uh, it's like an app that just has like a bunch of like comics and a lot of them are free and some of them you need like to pay for after like a preview or something, okay. which I think makes sense. And you can tip the creators, which oh, that's good. I'm was, a fan of that. Yeah. I, I was like, Oh, okay. There's a way to like tip the creators. I wish I had like a regular website. Cause I think it's only an app mm-hmm. access. Yeah. But, um, I'm like almost hiccuping cheeses. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so that's our goal. That's yeah. kind of where we're coming from. I'm sure uh, it sometimes we'll also go over comic news if big events are happening yeah. or, or comic related movies. We'll, yeah. But less that we'll try and stay on topic, but also we get chatty. Who needs, who needs topics anyways? That's stupid. Know. But anyway, I think the, the primary drive, the, 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 the primary drive is going to be comics and then we'll get tangential. Yes. I, I don't know how I just butchered that word. But anyway, <laughs> do you want to get started? Yeah. Um, so we're going to start with – this week we actually – yeah. We're, this week we're going to start with uh, like single issues that we picked up. They're issues number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to talk about two trades. Mm-hmm. Um, and a trade is basically – usually a trade is like a collection of issues mm-hmm. in one book that's the graphic novel format that most people are familiar with when you yeah. walk into a, a mm-hmm. i was about to say a borders oh my god when you walk into barnes and noble 17 yeah I when you when walk I'm- into a barnes and noble the comics that you get in the bookshelves section are what we call trade mm-hmm. like and paperbacks for some, for some people this is probably very 101 but again as we were saying you know we don't want this just to be about oh yeah this is just for comics experts we're going to be hopefully friendly to everyone even people who are completely new to terminology yeah yeah um and so we have one that's like a standard like trade paperback and then mm-hmm. one that is 
it's a web comic that got collected into a yeah it was a, part of yeah it's actually a web comic but it was collected as part of the kickstarter yeah i don't know if the, uh, we're gonna we're gonna discuss that when we get yeah. to it but okay Sounds um good. so we're gonna start with issue number one um it's actually issue number one of idw's goosebumps monsters at midnight mm-hmm. um Again, Halloween theme. Halloween theme. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Halloween. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like so Brooklyn Nine Nine about this. Um, this is Lambert and Fenoglio. I don't know who did what, but um, I feel like I feel like I don't have as much to say about this one. That's why mm-hmm. I wanted to do it first, is yeah. because I I didn't really read that many Goosebumps as a child, so no. I kind of only vaguely know what's going on. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm going to read the, the back summary. When Mia and Ginny go to stay at their grandma's mothbell, mothbell, mothball-filled house for the summer, boredom forces them to venture out into her tiny town. What they find in a dusty-used bookstore launches them into an upside-down world of terror. Um, so basically what I know is that the upside down world of terror is actually like a thing in the actual Goosebumps series. Okay. I think it's like this weird, what was the name of it? Um, well, there's Slappy at the very end. Mm-hmm. I think everyone knows Slappy, the yeah. creepy little... I think, what do you call it? Puppet thing? Yeah. I feel like there, there used to be a Goosebumps TV show, and I think I saw a couple yeah. episodes of that, but I don't think I ever really got into the books when I was young, even though they were the big thing when I was a wee lass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was just kind of like, oh, a lot of these things that I'm looking at in this comic seemed kind of familiar, um, but it, I, I feel like I missed the nostalgia train. But this is obviously also a, a, a comic that's going to be geared towards the more young crowd. I think. Well, here's the thing. So. Like, here's the thing. Like, I adore little kid stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I love kids comics. Yeah, same. straight up. Um, I think this comic was a good starter in terms of like setting the groundwork for an actual arc or a story or something. Mm-hmm. These two sisters go out and decide to find this spooky, creepy bookstore. Because the younger sister, Ginny, forgot her, like, horror novel that she's reading that is... I mean, it's basically she's reading a stand-in for an R.L. Stein book. Yes, yes. Um, And she forgot it at home. She didn't pack it with her. She wants to read the last chapter Mm -hmm. and figure out what happens. And so she goes into this this creepy, this scary, creepy bookstore. Um, mm-hmm. and she goes down in the attic to find the really scary stuff book section. The book that she's like looking for is literally don't go into the basement. And what of course does she do? She goes into the basement. I of mean, course. come on, girl. She's not very genre savvy, which is the I whole mean, genre, really. Yeah, I think I think I think her older sister maybe is a little more like mm, we should be a little concerned right. here. No, she's the one like, you know, I don't really think this is worth this. Uh, can, can we go home now? Uh, and then, of course, the little sister is the one that goes full tilt into the creepy things. Oh, yeah. And so I think it's really cute. Uh, I, it's very colorful. I'm always going to be obsessed would, with the colorful. Yes. <laughs> I would give it, like, I would give it to a kid and yeah. see if they liked it. Um, I, I think, I think I had two hangups. Okay. Right? And it's like, the first hangup is sometimes it's easy to judge a comic by the first issue and sometimes mm-hmm. it's not. And I feel like in this case, it's really something that you truly are going to need issue two to really 
feel out how you feel about it and whether or not it's going to remain interesting. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that because it's very much, you know, with any story that you read it, the first thing you're always going to start doing probably is setting the baseline um, and kind of doing the opening chapter. How, How do things go from normal to weird. the instigating event of, and the vast majority of this particular thing is all just laying the groundwork, which yeah. is, again, normal for a volume one, but I would, ex- normally I, I want a little bit more to kind of hook me in. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I think that's part of, it's a kid's comic. Yeah. And I think it's really meant more for an age range where you don't want to get too fancy with how you create that background. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you want to like introduce it slowly, and I think that yeah. is part of the Goosebumps genre. Is mm-hmm. You're really just setting stuff <laughs> up, right? My second, my second sort of reservation about this is uh, not to be like ragging on like the people who wrote this or whatever, but R.L. Stein just wrote the comic scripts for Man Thing. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. He was oh. writing for Man Thing recently, and it was really interesting. Right. Um, I think I only got, like, two issues in before I forgot to keep up with it, but his comic scripts are fantastic, and mm-hmm. so knowing that R.L. Stein isn't writing the Goosebumps comic was kind of like, oh, but he's, yeah. like, that's his thing, you right. know? Like, and And so for me, it's hard not to compare to, like, his recent comic of Man Thing script or the Goosebumps movie that came out recently. Yeah, it's like knowing the fact that he's out there, he could be writing this, but someone else's, it makes it feel a lot more derivative as opposed to... Well, no, it's just or, it's just that, like, I have my standards up at R.L. Uh, Stein already. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I'm like, oh, man, I need to give the guys writing this a chance yeah. to get to that level. And it's mm-hmm. not like R.L. Stein is, like, necessarily the most complicated complex beautiful writer of all things it's just that this is his like it's a pulpy genre for kids and so you have to kind of get a feel for it more than i think you can get in just an issue one of a kid's comic absolutely i will say one thing though i remember looking at like in the first couple of pages the older sister uh mia and her grandmother are kind of like looking at this um, soccer-like store. Yeah, because she's got the leg injury. She can't... She's, like, stuck at her grandma's house as opposed, opposed to, what, sports camp or something? Yeah, like, some kind of sports camp. Mm-hmm. And they're just sort of looking around, and I noticed... The very first thing I noticed is I did a double take on the first page because the way it's set up, it almost looks... Like, for a split second, I I kind of misread it, and I thought the little sister, like, didn't have a head. <laughs> Like, you can see, like, this, like, soccer jersey and, like, a hand, and you're like, whoa, is she, like, a ghost? Does she have no head? Like, is this foreshadowing? Like, woo. But then I realized I just misunderstood. But then I was like, maybe that was kind of the point? Because it did get me a little, like, amped up for, like, scary things might happen. Which would be cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, I don't, like I said, I have a ton to say about that. But it was cute. It was cute. Um, I got it mostly because I thought you had read more Goosebumps than I had. I had I've read some Goosebumps. Okay, um, but it was such a long time ago. And here's the thing: like, this is gonna make me sound like such an asshole. Um, <laughs> no, like, okay, so here's the thing: like in school, and um, I'm sure a lot of like kids or now adults who went to American public schools, there was usually some kind of reading program, mm-hmm. and we did AR reading. Mm-hmm. Like accelerated reading, or yeah. I don't know, something like that, right? Um, 
And I had long since tested out of Goosebumps uh, level books. Yes. Because uh, by the time I was in like second or third grade, I was already reading at like a high school level and you yeah. had to read in your level uh, in order to earn points, yeah. in order to like continue to pass. And yeah. so like I'm out here like, crap, I've got to read like freaking, I ended up reading the goddamn Wheel of Time series, which is basically like Game of Thrones, but with a little less sex. Yeah. Um, and a little less rape. <laughs> there was a threesome, though. There was like a continual like threesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, like, there was only so many books I could read. You know, yeah. I was like out there like reading Anne McCaffrey and, you know, the Dragons of Pern and the Wheel <laughs> of Time series. And I think there was like one book that was like a more realistic fiction, which was like a story about a veterinarian in the middle of like the countryside or something. You know, those like really cutesy, like, books you find in the cozy reading sections where the saddest thing that happens is somebody's like cow dies. (laughs) So I wasn't really like able to read those books unless I had already done all of my big long book reading first. Tragic. I know. And, and so I feel like I would only ever skim them. Yeah. Or like sometimes I would have, um, I know by the time I got to the sixth grade, uh, which is again past Goosebumps age, I think a yeah. little bit. Um, by the time I got there, lady, come on now. <laughs> that was our cat. Yeah, she <laughs> she's like likes to hide all day, and then as soon as we're recording, she wants to come out and stroll around. With yeah, a little bell. <laughs> yeah, she's really mad about having that bell on her. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I've like by the time I got to like sixth grade, uh, I was just kind of. I had my my sixth grade teacher would give me, like, three or four, like, small chapter books a day and be like, can you read these by tomorrow and tell me if they're good or not to recommend to the other (laughs) students? And I would be like, sure. So I did that because I could, like, I could read. And it wasn't, like, Goosebumps because everyone knew Goosebumps was good and kids liked it. It was, like, pre-Percy Jackson series, Mm -hmm. there was, like, a different... um, like say hello to Hades or something like that. Yeah. Series. It was like a cute little like oh it was like the Mythomania I think is what yeah. it was called Mythomania series. I, I vaguely I think I was a, I, I'm a little bit older than you so I think that was a little bit past my time. Yeah, but, but she started giving to me in sixth grade if some of the other yeah. kids who had I think more trouble reading would be mm-hmm. more interested in it or something. I don't know if it was age appropriate or not because like I said my. My ability to read things was totally screwed over by the system, man. <laughs> I'm bitter. Um, yeah, see, worth me, I, I don't think we really had lists like that. Like, there were for school, but I read, I would read them. And I was that kid who, who, you know, they'd be like, okay, don't read ahead. And I would just finish it. Like Fuck you. I'll read what I want. Exactly. And then I would read other stuff. And I hated having to wait for everybody. Um, I once was made, I think in was like the fourth grade i was made to reread charlotte's web because i had read it in like first grade i think for Mm. myself i had to read tuck everlasting three times oh i fucking hated that book. that's the one that's the one with alexis bladell in the movie right i think because i read that on my own yeah um but anyway tuck everlasting was twilight before twilight existed yeah so fuck that you but know what I, I mean? Like, I was, was so, so mad. Boring. It was just so boring. I was like, though. this is fucking Tuck Everlasting all over again. Um, <laughs> Except, you know, with uh, Anne Rice vibes and Buffy. Yeah. I Okay, here's the other thing. I haven't read any Anne Rice books 
And I know she's a total crazy pants. Mm-hmm. Um, please don't sue me, Anne Rice. I have no money. But uh, <laughs> other than that, like, I feel like that might be insulting to Anne Rice a little bit. <laughs> At least yeah. Stephanie Meyer wasn't a jerk about her fans no, existing. It's true. Um, anyway, no, I just, I just was. I had to reread Charlotte's Web, and I was so mad about it. And I remember part of the assignment was that we had to like write down who our favorite character was. And I was a completely honest young child. I think I was ten, mm-hmm. right? That's I mean that sounds about right. Ten, and I was like, all right. And so I wrote in my little like answer like lines like I did not have a favorite character. I did not care for this book. Mm-hmm. And the teacher was so mad at me. She was like, no, you have to pick a favorite character. And I was like, I don't have a favorite character. And she's like, you need to pick a favorite character and give a reason why it's your favorite character. Because um, that's the assignment. And I was like, all right. So I returned that assignment and it was altered to say my favorite character was Charlotte because she dies at the end. <laughs> And that wow. just sounds so cold because, like, I feel like I initially did enjoy Charlotte's Web when I first read it, but I was just so stubborn and such a little pain in the ass kid that I couldn't get over it. I was uh, like, no, so screw you. You haven't changed in how many years? Uh, many years. Yeah, so you're the same person you were when you were 10. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Um, next comic, Next please. comic, yeah. Moving on from that. <laughs> uh, so next we have another number one issue. It is Ghostbusters Answer the Call. Uh, Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters! Yeah, so... Uh, written by Kelly Thompson, art by Corin Howell. Um, anyway, uh, there is a synopsis here, looking at comicsology. So, on a routine... Okay, start You can start from the top. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just forget it. Forget it. All forget over again. It. Amnesia. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> on a routine house call to dispose of simple class three spook, Abby, Patty, Aaron, and Holtzman encounter a truly terrifying class seven that appears to be feeding on fear. Able to create illusions that prey on their greatest fears and with designs on turning the world into its own nightmare dimension, match... Our ladies may finally have met their match. So anyway, this is uh-huh. this is cute. This um, is another IDW. Yes, another IDW. It is kind of what we were saying earlier, as far as it, it's a new arc after a spinoff, where I guess the uh, ladies from the new Ghostbusters uh, crossed universes and were tied in with the other Ghostbusters, like original flavor. And now they're back in their own world and own universe, which I think that, that was a cool way to do it. You to know, like merge it. Yeah. To merge it where they both exist and they're just part of the multiverse, which that's the most comics thing you could possibly do. And I mean, that's kind of what they did in the movies, right? Like all the original mm-hmm. people were kind of there in the, in the movie. Were they? Yes. I must have missed that. No. You were definitely... Remember, like, there was the guy who showed up and was... He was, like, the one on the TV. Like, are you even legit? And then there was... Uh, I fucking don't even remember any of that. I vaguely remember. See, like, <laughs> you have to remember, like, I probably was not... Like, I love Ghostbusters, the yeah. original and the new one, and yet I I don't remember names yeah. for shit. I, I, I've definitely watched the original Ghostbusters, like, dozens of times as a child, but... That was many. Was it Bill Murray? 
Yeah, I think he was one of them. But that was many moons ago, and I haven't actually rewatched the original Ghostbusters uh, since I was old enough to drink, for sure. <laughs> Legally, that is. Um, but um, but um, yeah. So anyway, no, and and then and then the this sorry, and then at the very end of the new Ghostbusters, the secretary of the original Ghostbusters mm-hmm. was the um, professor of Holtzy. Oh, that was who she was. Okay, that's how they introduced her. She was okay. like in the credit bit. That I was why I was like, "What?" Lady. They like loved her. Be- that was why. Oh, yeah. See, I. It wasn't I just because Holtzman had an older lesbian professor. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a good enough reason to be excited. <laughs> um, no, it's funny because like I I didn't recognize anyone, but at the same time, like you know, when we watched the new Power Rangers, I got super excited because. Uh, they had cameos. Oh, yeah. But uh, anyway, back to Ghostbusters. <laughs> I, I enjoyed this. Um, I don't know if I had any coherent thoughts, except that it's, again, an entry-level sort of thing. Um, did you have any crystallized thoughts about it? I just really loved, like, I'm sorry, but Patty is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, Patty's the one who's like a historian and I deeply vibe with that being an art historian myself. Yeah. Um, and I just love, she gets to stay true to her character of being so not here for this, like ghost haunting bullshit. Like, I'm sorry. I'm done with being haunted. This is stupid. Like, get me nowhere near this. Like someone always, like I always appreciate the genre savvy fuck this character so, so much. Right. Because they, you're, you're very dedicated to them surviving to the end. Because, like, you know what's going on. You don't deserve to die. You don't deserve to die. Right. Um. Obviously, I don't think anyone's going to die in any of the Ghostbusters no. films. No. That or, be... or comics. But, uh, you know what I mean. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just enjoyable. I yeah. love... I loved the characters that were introduced in the movie, and I loved reading this, and I actually didn't pay attention to the previous crossover comic. No, me neither. So I I think this was fun for me to, like, dive right in, and I was like, yeah, here's where we left off with the girls. Yeah. You, you know, you've got genre-savvy, like, intelligent historian who knows everything. Uh-huh. And then you have the crazy inventor, Holtzman. I was going to say explosive lesbian Holtzy, yeah, but yes. That, that's a good way to look at her as well, <laughs> um, which is great. And then, you know, you have Abby who gets possessed again. Yeah. Bless her heart. Uh, I feel like that's going to be a recurring joke. And then uh, Aaron. <laughs> That's so terrible. And then, uh, what's her name? She was the main character. I know. Erin. Well, I right. think it's just one of those things where she's kind of the generic one because she's meant to be, like, the accessible point of view character. Yeah, but how many of us are truly failed academics besides me here? Just you. <laughs> anyway, um... I really appreciated, like, watching Abby get possessed again because it was just, like, it's immediately obvious to the viewer, and yet that doesn't take away from the enjoyment of, like, reading it. Because mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, yep, she's defo-possessed. Right. And they just have that... It's funny because they have the group vibe that mm-hmm. is just really kind of silly. Um, and goofy. And then they have Kevin. Oh, bless Kevin's dumb blonde heart. He's yeah. so stupid. He's so stupid. I just want him to remain that stupid forever. Right. Let let him never gain any IQ points. 
Uh, I think at one point they're like, we need him to order, like, Chinese food or something. And they're just like, um, he's never going to get it. Like, it's never going to happen. Like, let's just order it ourselves. We told him to do it. And, uh... We're secretary. They obviously just hired him for eye candy. Well, that was the point of the movie. That was... Yeah. That was the... Yeah. Um, Um, also, I love in this, Holtzman... Un, like unveils the ghost Zamboni, mm-hmm. which is kind of hilarious. Yeah, like I I love it. I hope they get some Canadian ghosts with this. <laughs> I know all the the ghost weapons are just bigger and better. Is I think the point. Yeah, um, I would love to see. Okay, so this big ghosty guy who mm-hmm. like um <laughs> at the very end. Can I come this time, guys? And they're like, No, Kevin, go away. Kevin, stay. We saw what happened last time. <laughs> it didn't end well. I yeah. would love to see... Okay, I, I know this is definitely not where they're going with this arc right now. Right. I would love to see them leave New York for some reason. Oh, where would you think they would go? I I don't really care where. I, I just want to... them to be like, what the fuck do we do now that we don't know everything about the city in question? I want them to go on a cruise. Ghost uh, into, cruise? Into the Bermuda Triangle. <sighs> That'd be so good. I know. I was going to say, like, oh, my God. Like, they need to go, like, someplace, like, they need to, like, have, like, a series of, like, uh, side, like, one-shots, maybe, mm-hmm. or, or, or like, a side series where they just go to, like, different major cities. Like, yeah. can you imagine the Parisian... go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the San Francisco ghosts? Yeah. Um... No, I was going to say, like, the Parisian ghosts. Like, go. can we please have, like, a little annoying-ass ghost Napoleon Bonaparte? Or, uh, like, Shanghai ghosts? Or, uh, get all Pirates of the Caribbean with me, like, the first one. Mm-hmm. Give me, like, a Singapore ghost? Something? Okay. I don't know. Hmm. Just, you know, get a little yeah. get a little fun with the ghosts problem. Because yeah. yeah, clearly they're not limited to New York. It's true, especially since it's in a comic book format. You can do literally anything. I know, and it and it costs no extra money to transport right. the entire cast. Exactly. Um, they don't have to shoot on set, so therefore, go the distance. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, I, I gotta say, I love the cover. Mm-hmm. We got the cover A, which is probably just the standard cover most yeah. people are getting. Yeah. I love, they're clearly, like, referencing, like, Art Deco style, which is... Very popular in New York, and yeah, that's me nerding out. Um, it's it's kind of a more geometric, that kind of gothic steel mm-hmm. building blockiness feel that we're all used to, yeah. I think, when we think of Gotham City. So it's beautiful. It made me very happy. Yeah. I feel like I'm definitely going to continue picking this up. Well, yeah, this it was fun. I really liked it. So I, it, it has enough there that I'm hooked. Do you want to do the trade or do... Yeah, I think, okay. I think, uh, that way we've switched off. Okay. Yeah. Um, me, so, me, yeah. Um, we're going to transition now to our bigger trades and the comics that we read. And we did not necessarily choose new comics for this one because hmm. if we were only reading new comics all the time, I think that would be a little... Boring. Predictable. Boring. Or, yeah, like, limited, I think. Yeah. I want to be able to, like, read stuff that's much older, and there is mm-hmm. now a siren running past. Anyway, uh, sorry if you hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we picked up uh, Image Shadowlines The Hunt by Colin Lorimer. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a supernatural horror. 
And the summary reads, At her father's deathbed, Orla Roche came face to face with the age-old myth of the swag. I, I, okay, sorry, pause. I don't know how to speak Irish anything. Gaelic. So, Gaelic. <laughs> thank you. Um, I was going to say Gaelic, but then I was like, wait, what if I say Celtic instead? Oh, no. Um, I don't know how to speak Gaelic. So I'm going to say all of this wrong. We're just going to go with it. Okay. Um, I will, I Orla Roche came face to face with the age old myth of the swag, a group of soul stealing spirits so evil that not even hell would take them. Years later, and with the belief that her father's soul is still trapped in some form of the netherworld, she goes looking for answers, beginning a journey that leads her down a path to discover what really happens to us after we die. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I love this. This was so chilling. It's definitely a standalone where it's, you know, one trade, one story, um, yeah. self-contained, which is wonderful. Uh, it's very based in Irish myth and lore. Yeah, it's like the, the hunt mm-hmm. myth. Mm-hmm. There's uh and I didn't even look up what the hunt myth is. I just know that it gets it gets used in um Kate Elliott's Cold Magic. Remember the night of the hunt where like the like there's that one night where the spirits and icky ooky ghosties are more mm-hmm. likely to be able to come get you yes. and steal you away forever. Yes. It was kind of like that. Yeah, and definitely all in the concept of, you know, the supernatural and incorporeal using humans as to, to try and be the gateway for them accessing the world the tangible world yeah um so i really it's just cool like i love like sort of the fairy the fair fair i don't know fair folk the fair folk thank you (laughs) i'm losing my irish cred over here (laughs) you really are wow offense (laughs) um I want to say, okay, so it's it kind of starts off like her father was dying, right? Mm-hmm. Like of cancer or something. Like he mm-hmm. was clearly dying of something. And as a small child, she like witnesses this creepy slog monster. Slog? Swag? Slog? I don't know. I don't really know. Really, when he's Irish? Why didn't you look this up, girl? I don't know. I don't know either. Um, We're going to have to work on the, like, research bits. This is episode one. Who needs research? We're we're like, oh, like, next time we got to do something different. Okay. Oops. Um, Anyway, uh, she sees one of these creepy, ghosty, beastie things mm -hmm. um, kind of steal her father's soul. And I think it makes her go... I mean, she's a little traumatized. She's I'll little say she's traumatized. she's traumatized um, after that, and it sort of gives her the sight, basically, like the yeah. ability to see the supernatural that amongst us that most people don't see. So it cuts forward to a couple of years, and everyone thinks she's off her rocker because she's always drawing monsters. And well, I've oh, I've, I've like two questions, right? Because okay. it's now been a couple days since I read this. Okay. Um, first question. Did it give her the sight to see the spooky, scary thing, like, take her father's soul? Or did she already have it because it was inherited? Because I got the Uh, feeling that her grandmother, her grandmother also has this sight. Yes. Um, And so she's able to see it, too. Mm -hmm. I assumed it was one of those things that maybe, like, skips a generation sometimes and Uh, is inherited. And maybe that's when it really started to manifest is kind of around the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, she wouldn't have had any other reason to see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sense. Especially not something so malicious. Right. Um, I think what was my right. other... I had another point. 
Holy crap. Oh, one of the reasons why, like, people thought she was kind of crazy or, like, off her rocker is because as a child, she kept disappearing for, like, was it, like, weeks on end? Like, it would be, like, weeks at least where she would just be gone. Right, and And they would find her in the woods. They would find her, like, naked in the woods talking about the forest people. Right. And people were just, the the police, because they they have, like, the police who've, like, dealt with her case before in the the story, who are characters. You know, the police were kind of like, we never found anything. There was no abuse that we could find. There's Mm -hmm. no reason for her to be like this. And she's in high school in the, like, main timeline of the story. Mm Mm-hmm. And in high school, she's constantly drawing, like, pictures of these fair folk mm-hmm. or, like, creepy... I guess I guess there's two. The, the changelings. Yeah, that's the yeah. other word they use. The, so she's constantly drawing the changelings. Right. We're able to walk, like, so, on yeah, our world. So, yeah, because there are basically three... As far as I understand, the three supernatural groups are mm-hmm. like, basically the fair folk who mm-hmm. live in the woods. And yeah. they're kind of, like, neutrally not they're more neutral they're not like good or bad they're just kind of you know because like it definitely plays they're the fair folk yeah exactly (laughs) you know because it definitely plays into the whole uh horrible like idea of you know when you're dealing with the fair folk of what any stripe there are laws to follow they follow their rules and you follow the rules and and if you don't know what the rules are that you're supposed to be following that's your fucking fault exactly and so that's what a lot of this is predicated on um and so there's the the fair folk there is the sloth and Mm -hmm. then there's the changelings and the the slog are the more like incorporeal evil ones like who are cast out basically okay and then the changelings are like corrupted and they walk among the humans i think yeah they take well they're able they're changelings so they're able to take on human bodies right or or like human faces and the changelings seem to be working for the slog yeah kind of or like buddies or allies or something Mm because they're also like they're cursed right they can't go back to where the fair folk live but it's great because i'm wondering how much they're even seen because like they didn't get picked up in the video feed at the one point when her brother gets snatched yeah uh so her grandmother gets attacked right and then while her grandmother's in the hospital she leaves to go like basically be like what the fuck you're like now attacking my grandma to the fair folk to the fair folk and the fair folk are like "Mm, girl somebody played you and that was the changeling it wasn't us boo and so basically the entire story is wrapped up in okay her father got killed um and his death was it natural? It was caused by the the slug or the or the changeling somehow. No, it was it was a slug that took his soul. That took his soul. Yeah. And so their concern uh, for what is the main character's name? Uh, Orla and her grandma is mm-hmm. you know how to get his to save his soul basically. Yeah. Well, and they they had like broken some rules. Yeah. And I think you know and I that don't was part spoil of spoil it. it for anyone who's thinking about reading it, but it's basically like. I will say next time we're definitely going to spoil everything because okay. I'm down for like just spoiling. Okay, so yeah. this is, this is going to be a not not. Uh, you you don't have to free. spoil this. This okay? No, it's not okay. Spoiler. So if you if you care, just now heads up. This is not a spoiler safe uh, podcast. <laughs> um, we are now in the spoiler zone. I like that. Um, so anyway, uh, what was I going to say? So. 
Spoiler zone. Okay. Sorry. Um. Damn it. I Sorry. Down that thread. So, uh, oh, father so soul stolen. They broke some rules to to get it back, mm-hmm. and that then becomes the crux of the issue. Is they broke the rules, and they broke that- the rules in response to the slug breaking the rules right. and trying to steal her father's soul. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they broke the rule and they put the soul in her little brother. Mm-hmm. Right, the the extra yeah. soul that was kind of what was yeah they had to they had to kill the slug yeah slug yeah they they killed the Fuck. thing <laughs> it looks like a creepy ass like fallen angel kind of shit it looks yeah. really good like it, the drawings of of these creatures are amazing mm-hmm. um and I I want to say I don't know if there's oh, like a specific what I think what happened is like they summoned the yeah the they summoned it under false pretenses yes. to kill it yes and that was its own method she like of fucking breaking. cuts off her finger it's amazing yeah it's and she's like terrifying. sucks to me you and then they hide it and they're hiding it by magic in um, her little brother in her little brother the soul to keep it safe and and now the whole thing is them trying to get revenge for what they did yeah um and how to and then what has to be done to reset the the natural order of things because by breaking these rules and breaking these laws it basically opens up the gates for more laws to be broken yeah upsetting the natural order which i think is so fascinating i I, so in terms of like sorry i'm gonna like still talk about the Mm -hmm. um the illustrations of these things i i think everyone should love a good real fairy story Mm -hmm. and this is one of those real fairy stories which is the fairies are not necessarily nice or friendly um and they might eat you Mm -hmm. and they might eat your soul and they're kind of terrifying and you should have like i i just like that's that's what makes them so compelling and fascinating like an actual fairy or the fair folk Mm -hmm. in this case is creepy as shit right they're not like pixies like tom uh, Thumbelina sort of pixie. Fairies. Yeah, no, they're like no. Straight up, they're straight up. They have teeth and they're going to eat you. Which is very, as I understand it, the Irish way of looking at them. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Like, and they're not necessarily always going to eat you because Orla does make a deal with the fair folk. Yes, she does. And it's a deal that she upholds. Yeah. And they're um, like, okay, now you're under and, protection. Yeah, they're under, the entire family is under their protection. Mm-hmm. And they're like, because she's upholding the deal, like, you screwed them over and you breached the laws and she made a deal with us now to fix it. Mm-hmm. So we're enforcing we're, that. We're enforcing that. And yes. you're already on the shit list because you're a slog <laughs> or whatever. Yes. Um, yeah, no, it was really good. And I, I loved the way they were drawn because mm-hmm. I don't remember if there's like a term for this, mm. but there's something about the horror of something you don't see completely. Yes. Especially in, in like illustration or art, mm-hmm. the best kind of monsters are the ones that you don't have full visibility of because yeah. that's what's terrifying is what you don't see. Yeah. It's it's like the silhouette of fear. Yeah. And what's nice about this is like that doesn't the style doesn't steer away from using just pure black to shade. Yeah. You know, so I think that enhances it where, you know, it's more based on what manages to stand out from the shadow and the black yes um, yeah 
and what makes it really riveting. Because, you know, when we were looking for the right things to to read, I kept complaining. I was like, you know, a lot of this stuff just it doesn't grab me visually because there was no contrast in a lot of the different things that yeah. we consider. You know, a lot of horror tends to be very desaturated, which me, I'm... You're all I, about shiny, pretty colors. I am. I am. Yeah. But this really struck out... This particular trait just stuck out to me because even though it does, it's very desaturated, the color of it... And the way it's colored and the way it stands out is hauntingly beautiful. Yeah. You actually put it in the reject pile and then I kind of looked at you like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) did you even look at this? Like, why'd you reject it? And you were like, I don't know. I'm going to look at it again. I was right. You were wrong. I I think it was weird (laughs) because the grandma was really obviously based on Judy Dench. Dame Judy Dench. Dame, Dame Judy. Judy Dench. Yes. Um, and so it was like, that's weird. <laughs> you just, you make snap decisions, man. I do. But um, I'm glad I reconsidered because I really love this. What's really funny, they do admit like pretty openly that the grandma's based after Dame Judy Dench. Mm-hmm. Um, but the girl Orla is literally based off of a real life teenager friend like a uh, yeah the teenage daughter of a family friend sierra (laughs) and like you you see pictures of her at the very back when they're showing you like the character designs and stuff and i'm like oh no wonder she looked like an actual girl yeah of like appropriate age like she didn't look too young she didn't look too old she didn't look Mm -hmm. weird sometimes in comics people let's be it's men men have no idea how to draw girls and women yeah and it's not helped by hollywood like giving us like 23 year old actors and telling us they're 15 yeah and it's just like (laughs) no they're really not yeah like mm. 14 year olds look like idiots yeah they're they're sorry 14 year olds no anyway it's like it's so funny because i think we were talking about this the other day yeah when you're 14 you look in the mirror and you're like i'm so grown up because i remember looking in the mirror and thinking how grown and now i'm just like was I really that small when I was fourteen? Oh, I knew I was that small, man. Well, you're still I was that small. I, I'm I'm kind of scrawny and tall. I look like a beanpole. One of our neighbors literally thought you were my teenage daughter. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I need. To I'm like on. her height, pretty much, mm-hmm. and two years younger and they're still like is that your teenage daughter i'm like have you seen my gray hair i'm like working up to be rogue here and you're like this is clearly a 16 year old no 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 we work for i can drink i pay taxes yeah like come on guys briefcase (sighs) i have a leather messenger bag that's like black and kenneth cole or some shit that i Mm -hmm. got like at nordstrom rack and people still think I'm a child, so whatever. Whatever. All right, so any other last things to say about the hunt? Or shall we move on? Yeah, I think start? we can move on. Re- uh, maybe start, don't just read the summary of this next one, but explain how you know the person who oh, did it. Okay. Because uh, this is a bit of nepotism. Yeah, that's but, okay, though. But it but was it, fun. It was it fun was nepotism. for the, the genre. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. what we ended up reading, it's actually a webcomic. Um, I actually have a hardbound version because I participated in the Kickstarter for it. Uh, but it's called Apothecia. Uh, it's illustrated by Shelby Cragg and written by Taz Muir. Anyway, uh, Shelby was once someone who I personally knew and friend of friends, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's cool people great artist 
Um, so that's how I ended up reading this. Yeah. Um, and I realized as we were looking for horror things, I was like, and cause Des, Des wanted to include web comics. So I was trying to think of what I knew and I realized, oh, I have this still in the envelope that I got when they <laughs> published it. Some um, friend. Yeah. Listen. I'm I'm kidding. I'm wow. kidding. It was it, the envelope had been opened. We had yeah. she just never taken it out after we moved. I, I mean, I already read it. Though, I know. Because, I know. I'm anyway. Don't like be offensive. I was just making fun of you. I know you were. That's why I'm pushing back. Because how dare you? <laughs> uh, anyway, like I said, we're, I'm not really in touch with her anymore. But I really, really love this particular story. I think it was one of her first original illustrated comic she got she got started in home and stickers yeah and home home mumble stuck <laughs> we don't like okay so here's the thing <laughs> shelby crag is a good people mm-hmm. um we don't care about Homestuck at yeah. all so if you were wondering hey maybe this this, this name seems ever, familiar yeah. if this podcast but, will cover Homestuck no 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 i'm sorry sorry table. i have a life <laughs> i have a job <laughs> I have other things to be doing with my time, and that's a little too what twenty fifteen for me. Yeah, it's too I'm over it. We're over it. <laughs> anyway, no offense, to people who like that. Obviously, I offense meant. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, but let's just say we're we're just gonna get that off the table. It's it's never something we intend to read. Yeah. Anyway, however, we did read Apothecia, and so the summary for this one is. An 11-year-old girl named Jessie finds an intergalactic mass murderer trapped in the woods behind her house. It wants her to free it or to kill it, but she instead keeps it alive until it can be found by the extraterrestrial authorities and punished for its crimes. In the end, she faces the consequences of that choice. We pull that from TV tropes because it's not on comicsology. Yeah, but uh, it, 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 if you if you do want to read this, it is um, apotheciacomic.tumblr.com. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I had never read this before. Mm-hmm. I was not familiar with this until Margot handed it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. Yeah, it was creepy. Yes, it was delightful. Mm-hmm. Um. I will say there was a moment where I wasn't sure. Like, I was like, did, did this really need to, like, because there is a time jump towards yes. the, like, last third. I want to say the, the yeah. third act is a time skip. Yes. Um, the first two acts are, like, when she's still a, a kid. Mm-hmm. And the last act is a major time skip. And right. I wasn't sure how I felt about that. I think it made sense because, like, in rereading it, because I hadn't read it since it was uh-huh. originally being, you know, issued out page right, by right, page. Right. Um, it made a lot more sense to me after rereading it because a lot of the narration is past tense at the outset and which yeah it's it, which is interesting because it's very horror genre like third party like narrator right just watching looking back on what i did exactly i know what you did last summer <laughs> yeah um but yeah I, I remember being surprised by it as well yeah see i because i i understood the past tense right yes. And I, I think at first I was not sure if I felt it was necessary to actually give me that part because yeah. I saw it as a foregone conclusion mm-hmm. to what happened. Yeah. Um, but let me backtrack and let's actually talk about what happened so that that makes sense. Because I, I, in the end, I really did like how it ended. Yes. It was just a moment of like, mm. uh, it, 
I'm not sure if it was like the strongest was, choice, but it, it was it tied it was together good. well in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what we're talking about with this like intergalactic mass murder is this. I want to say it's a slime monster. Mo- mold monster, I think. It's a mold. Yeah, it looks kind of slimy, moldy, and it has yeah. these creepy, like, red cross eyes. I mean, it spores. Yeah, so it spores. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. No. Um, oh, how dare you get the monster wrong. Basically, uh, okay, so so she finds this, like, spore mold monster, um, and it's so funny because she's, like, a little kid, mm-hmm. right? But she's, like, the perfect... I mean, she... You could tell she really is, like, a little girl. And, like, yeah, I would have... I, I can recognize that and see, like, lots of little girls that mm-hmm. I've known or have been in... Mm-hmm. Not... I haven't been multiple little girls, but you know what I mean. Wow. Uh, are you sure? Suddenly everything makes so much more I sense. I don't know. I'm also a changeling. <gasps> anyway, um... Fuck. <laughs> she feeds she feeds the spore monster dog food. Yeah. And like my favorite in the very first couple pages, the monster is like, I do not like this food for dogs. And pointed out to her, I was like, he he talks sometimes like Doug from up. He does. It's like supposed to be this really terrifying monster, but he kind of talks like squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> I do not like this food for dogs. Yeah. And you're just like, that's that's probably not the voice I should have read it in. <laughs> but it is. But it but is. I, do. I don't know, but I do. And it still was scary. Yeah. You know how something fun or like childlike can still be terrifying? It right. kind of felt like that. Exactly. Um. So that was really good. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of the language is, is very alien, which is perfect. It's, again, intergalactic. Yeah, uh, it's an alien It's thing. an alien thing, speaking English in this weird thing, in this weird dialect of sorts. Yeah. With this weird diction. And it's it's very eerie. It really sets the tone. Um, yeah, and I, I feel like what's interesting with Jessie, this young girl, is that you really get the sense very early on that she has a very hard and fast moral world mm-hmm. it's very it's, legalistic it, in a way or not, i want to say it, it's not legalistic it's you're either good or you're evil black and white it's black and white completely yes. and totally and it's so harsh and mm-hmm. it really has no it, it's very much a child's morality of like you're either good or you're bad mm-hmm. you either did it right or you did it wrong and if if you're good something the good things should happen to you and if you're bad bad, bad things, things should, should happen, happen to you, you. But good people don't do bad things to bad people. Right. Which was... It uh, has to go through the right chain of command or the right it, due yeah, process. It has, yeah, it has to have, like, a due process or something. And so she she kind of just, like, leaves it there suffering because it can't escape this hole. Yeah, it's... And uh, she doesn't want to kill it. Right. So one of the things the monster says that does become relevant later is that for some reason, something about Earth is incompatible, and it's it can't spore properly. It can't get the right foothold. It, mm-hmm. it needs something like it in order to be able to move from its you know hole where it's stuck in stasis to yeah. do its goal of uh, murdering everything. Because you know, it, it, they, it talks about the fact that. Um, it is in its own nature just designed as a being to just murder and decimate anything, which you know it's it's sporing. It's, it's there to eating. consume, yeah, and destroy. Uh, I think what's in the in the very beginning, um, 
the monster, I can't keep up the Doug voice for this, sorry, but uh, <laughs> I want to read this part where the monster's talking to Jesse because mm-hmm. she's kind of asking like what, what the monster did out there in space. Mm-hmm. And the monster says, empty bladder flapping. Why ask the question? And she's like, I'm, she says, I'm getting to know your motive, like collecting evidence. And the monster replies, I see, I see, establishing my character very well. And it's like, so please. And you're just like, oh, so creepy. Yeah. Um, my gang went from system to system, never doing a thing, but that which would make many, many weep. We committed old crimes, new crimes, abhorred unceasingly. I left my spores all over. I was their ruler. They worshiped me. And she says, like God. And the monster goes, no, 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 like water, like air, like necessity. Your arm-ridden race does not know space intricacies. You will be primitives and unworthies in the front of the protectorate. Uh, I have beaten my track through the dust of asteroids, the beauty of stars, the hot whiteness, the melt, the light. I nearly like that, she says. I would love to destroy a star, but they are plentiful like neutrinos. Nobody would weep. She's like, thanks, you fixed it. <laughs> um, and it, it keeps great. going. And it just like, it's constantly like telling her like, I ate everything. I killed it all. It was so good. Right. And I think the other thing too that um mentioning as far as, you know, her good and um, bad view and, and thinking good things happen to good people is, you know, through the first bit of the book, she's reading a book, mm-hmm. which I believe it's Harry Potter. She's reading order of the phoenix see oh yeah Yeah. and i and i saw it and there's a bit in there where uh she's alone in her room Mm -hmm. and she's reading a part and then she just looks devastated and starts crying and says it's not fair it wasn't fair and i didn't pick up on it the first time that i read this but i realized Uh, it's when Sirius black dies yeah and i was like and it made so much more sense because her world starts cracking when bad things happen to good people exactly but there's something earlier than that um Um, she's reading a newspaper while she's i think eating breakfast or something yeah and it says like lost girl still missing Mm -hmm. um towards the very very beginning Mm -hmm. it's after her first encounter with the yeah the first encounter that we see with the monster she's she's like reading the newspaper it says missing girl still not found Mm -hmm. um and she's kind of that's the part where she's where it's introducing it says jesse's theory went like this in the world people did right and they did evil and if you ignored evil you were unrighteous yeah so um, that's how she kind of keeps ends up keeps coming back to this space murderer because she can't ignore it but also she it would be unrighteous but she also can't kill it because that would be evil right because she doesn't um, have the authority but um, then she makes it. Dis- I think. I feel like it. It leads up to her decision. That yeah. There's. Um. So you see, as the comic goes on, there is a white van lurking in the background yeah, from the very recurring. beginning, and it keeps recurring in the background of different panels. And you see this van kind of loitering behind her, and eventually it gets to this point where she has realized that this van is why these girls are missing and that it keeps showing up in her neighborhood and it's 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 watching her i think she she has this realization that someone is watching her and following her at the same time that this moss monster mold monster is (laughs) 
You can't. No, <laughs> don't take this back. This is a fucking mold monster. It it's is. not moss. I'm sorry. Ugh. Um, that is, is at the same time where this this monster is pushing her either free me or kill me. I don't mm-hmm. want to be in this stasis. Yeah. And she doesn't like being helpless. She's just had her world taken by this book that she was super excited to read. I think. Yeah. And now she's like devastated. And so she decides to approach the van. Yeah, and it's it's not just that she approaches the van. She full on like she makes herself look different. She pulls her hair up in a ponytail. She puts on like a lipstick, a lip balm, or lip balm. You know, she's she does her makeup. She wears a skirt for the first time, Mm -hmm. and you see her pack a knife and a wrench in like her backpack. (laughs) And you're like, holy shit! This little girl is going places. Yes. Um. And she lures this creepy kidnapper. Yeah, she lures the predator. And kills him. And kills him. I don't, do you ever see his face? It's just no. a shadow, right? Just you just shadow. see the outline of this guy that is supposedly this predator in the white van. Yeah. Um, and, and she murders him in the woods. And like, he becomes the dog food. Yeah, he becomes the dog food. And... And she feeds it to the monster. Which I think leads to what's next. Because, as he said, he needed something... A foothold that was enough like him to be able to infect the world. See, I, here's what made me really excited, right? Because the yeah. entire time I was like, oh shit, oh shit, the monster is what's inside her this entire time. And then I was super excited for her to murder this like pedophile because um, yeah. that should happen mm-hmm. in any comic, frankly. Uh, mm-hmm. But then like there's this moment where it's just like, Oh, honey. Like, as soon as I saw her putting on the makeup, I was like, oh, no, the monster is you, and you were the monster, and you're letting it out in the world by doing yes. this. And that's what makes it so horrifying and so good. It's yeah. Like why it stuck with me. Yeah, because you knew... I mean, I feel like from the very beginning, I had this, like, suspicion of, like, okay, but this represents some some part of her, and that's mm-hmm. why she's not killing it. She's letting it fester, and it's festering, and it's festering, and it's festering, and then finally she acts on it and it's able to spread and leave its little spores spores places and get out of its hole. Yeah. And that's, I think, is that where the time skip happens? Yeah, because she goes... She, she feeds she, it to him. She feeds it to him as a last meal and she's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get the pesticides. Yeah. And she comes back and the hole is empty. Yeah. Time skip. Yeah. It's so intense. And the time skip is 19 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and by then, she's an adult. Um, in the military of some in the, sort. In like, yeah, in some kind of military. Uh, and she's explaining, like, this m- monster thing is the last of its kind. And she is, um, you know, she's going into this, like, station, this containment center of where this monster is. And... Yeah, they they call it an isolation block, and the the other guy, the lieutenant, is just like, sir, and she's like, I've got clearance. <laughs> um, and she's she's being told to, like, put on, like, a mop suit, you know, it's quarantined, and I think, basically, the monster killed, like, her entire town. Yeah. Like, it ate entire, everything. like, Durham Before it was able to, con- yeah. Region. Whatever, yeah. the Charlotte, not Charlottesville. Durham? Raleigh? Raleigh, North Carolina. There we go. I have no idea. I'm just throwing out names. Raleigh and Durham and all this surrounding area. In each area, basically, and everyone she knows, Mm -hmm. um, including her parents, which parents kind of seemed a little neglectful, if not abusive. But uh, 
it, I mean, it eats everything. And so she's like now kind of the head honcho in a lot of ways because she's the one who's most familiar with it. Um, and she managed to survive because it didn't eat her. Yeah. It, it purposefully left, left her alive. Yeah. Um, but you can see once she goes in, she, she takes off the suit. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, a hundred thousand people, all of Chapel Hill before you disappeared into the Eno in the North Atlantic. Yeah. And the monster's like, you failed to hurry to like kill me. Mm-hmm. She's like, my parents, um, are you not helpful, Gristle Frame? Have you not returned to me, nourished and sapient, your carotene glossed? <laughs> and she's just like, uh, you still murdered people. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. Yeah. She's she's clearly not happy with it. Um, she's got the guilt where I think yeah. it fractured her own ability to see herself as a righteous person. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and she just kind of like is talking to it for a while and there's a moment where she's talking to it and she's like imagining the blood on her hands from like not just immediately murdering this monster, which is mm-hmm. so great. Mm-hmm. And then, oh my God, you just, you see like it, her in the reflection of its eyes and it's like talking to her like you were a tiny murder bud. My glee is vast <laughs> and formless. She's it's like, so shut up. Why did you let me live? I know. It's so funny because it's like, I'm so proud of you. Like, you know, it's like this like mass murdering, like, yeah. mold monster. Like, oh, you were a tiny murder bud. I'm so proud of you. I don't want you to be proud of me. Yeah. Yeah. She's clearly upset by it. Um, yeah. And it keeps talking to her and uh, telling her things. And she basically plants. I'm, I'm just going to spoil the ending because I think it's fun and whatever. Okay. Yeah. Well, why not? Um, we already decided this was a spoiler. Yeah, I think it's more fun to talk about stuff that yeah. all the way. Okay. Otherwise, what the hell are we really talking about? I don't know. Um, anyway, so she like leaves this like bomb in the containment center, and she sets it to go off to fulfill her promise to kill it. Yeah, before the uh, intergalactic authorities come to get it, because they'll keep it alive and torture it for the rest of eternity, basically. Yeah, which she still has this very like lawful view of that's not right. Yeah, Maybe? she's just kind of well. No, she's like or it, it th- doesn't. That she didn't, or that she didn't uphold her promise. I think she sees it unrighteous to torture someone continuously forever. Yeah, which is really okay. Sorry, that's like hell. She does not approve of the idea of hell, but she still believes in punishment. Yeah, she just wants people to be dead. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, I could like I, I was like suddenly like oh my god, I have this whole theological tangent to go off on, but I'm not gonna right We've now. We've gone long enough, so uh, it's fine. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so it's basically a neurotoxin, and she self-destructs the entire base with people still in it. So she's mm-hmm. clearly no longer as, like, opposed to opposed um, to murder as she thought she was, yeah. because she blows Our up the entire base, including yeah. the, like, the lieutenant guy and, like, the people at, like, control rooms. Yeah. She basically blows up everyone, and she gets on a motorcycle and just leaves... Um, and then goes into the quarantine area to revisit her childhood home. Yeah. Yeah. She goes back to her childhood home. Um, and she's noting nothing much has changed. And it's like the last few pages. She's just like taking off her clothes and getting into the bed. And then you see the green speech bubble again. And it says, Jesse. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, we're hungry she's infected she's got spores on her because she was the monster the whole time yeah um and then it changes their pupils 
And then it just ends with, I'll get the dog food. Which and you're like, oh, shit, I man. Know. And I feel like for me, I'm like, you know, because it starts with her going through the security scanner when she's going yeah, to visit. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it's always been a question, like, did did she come in already infected or did she get infected after she left? I don't know. Yeah, and that's, I think, the... Would the security scanner have shown that? I don't know. Was it supposed to? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, you think that it's definitely I, well. Okay, after I think that she. I do think she was always infected. Yeah, like that was she my. Was always, it was just a dormant spore where it, it didn't maybe, go off until maybe. Um, well, as a, I kind of like the idea that it's also kind of metaphorical. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's literal because ate everything, yes. right? But uh, I, I do think it's like it was always there it was always there but or maybe maybe earth like humans always have the capacity to be uh this species soil yeah soil or the incubator for Mm -hmm. these spore monsters and yet uh it's only when they're given a foothold of like their own free will that the spore monster can actually infect you possession yeah i mean yeah it's like a possession like so the she always had the capacity to be that to be that way or like or maybe like uh to be basically what that the pedophile's body became for yeah. initially which was that, yeah, yeah, the that corruption or the, yeah yeah to, to corrupt the rest of the world like like but when someone to compare her to no 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 no, no. Weird, it was the body it was the, the the act of like her having killed him yeah um and to feed it a crime basically i think right. uh i kind of like i kind of you know, like how like you can be a carrier for something. Yeah. Like I feel like she's almost like a patient zero. Okay. Um, and it was only when she like first actually interacted with the thing that it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but it was so good. It was, I was just like ooh. And she- you know, it's funny because it, I I'm gonna go back to color because again yeah, saturation because yeah. that was what made me think about it was you know we have been very talking about, about the color where. Everything in this is very desaturated, but the contrast is amazing. Yeah. Um, and it has just the right levels of, like, creepy greens and reds in places to, yeah. to keep it visually interesting. It has it has that perfect, like, poison plant red and green yes. mixture. And it, so it's got, like, the horror ambiance without ever making me feel like I'm just watching your typical genre or reading a typical genre thing. You know, yeah. visually, it's visually yeah. stimulating and intellectually stimulating. That sounded so fucking pretentious. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, but I, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that I like it. It, it, it works Yeah, I li- me. me like. Let's see. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, that was really fun. And you can definitely read it yourself as well. Although we did just spoil all of it. But. But it was fucking good, man. It's good. It's short. It's self-contained. It's um, so I don't think you're missing out by reading it for yourself. Exactly. Definitely read it for yourself. It's spelled A P O T H E C I A apothecia. Mm-hmm. apothecia. I feel like comic.tumblr.com. That's like a word that means something, right? I Can you look that up? Yeah. Here, I'm going to hear typing. Yeah. Just I mean, so just know. do the little type, tip, tap, type, tap, pop, pop, pop. And then, uh. Tell us what that word means, because I feel like it means something. It does. I looked it up at one point. Oh, it didn't give us a word. Hold on. Just put it in the regular Google search. I'm going to... Okay. What does apothecia mean? Um, okay, well, apothecium is a wide-open saucer-shaped or cup-shaped fruit body. 
Um, it is sessile and fleshy. What does sessile mean? I don't know. It's it's some sort of plant like cup thingy. I, I think it's, it's it's the mold monster. It's the mold monster, or is it the hole that, or is it the the, the hole that keeps the it's mold the, monster it's the in container there? Container because she becomes the container. Yes, she is the apothecia. Yeah. Oh, we're so smart. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. I don't really have anything I want to talk about pop culture wise. No. Uh, everything I'm in the thirsty. news right now makes me angry. Yeah, I'm thirsty too. <laughs> I want to finish drinking my soda. Yeah. So I would like to say that uh, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is our, our trial run and yeah, uh, we're going to figure this out as we go along. Yeah, it's been our villain origin story. Yeah, this has been our super villain origin story. And goodbye. Bye.